you know, I love about this industry is that we're in love with three letter acronyms and four letter words. Um, <laughs> we just are. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just we are. Um, so, have you gotten to that point where you've kind of written down or at least got an idea of where you would like this culture wise to evolve to? In my head, yes. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, have we got it really involved as much as I'd like it to be in this, in, you know, store wide yet? No. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come jam with me. Thanks for, uh, for, for everybody out there that don't know who you are, if you can kind of give us that two-minute origin story, that is, Brandon, that'd be a great place for us to get started. Do that. Uh, Brandon Sanchoni, currently the general manager of Open Road Richmond Hyundai, Genesis Richmond. Uh, just took the dealership over as of September 1. Uh, I'm in my, about my sixth year in the car business, uh, started on the sales floor, worked my way up in internet sales, subprime finance, finance, assistant sales manager, used car manager, and now <laughs> in my second store as general manager. So it's been a ride. Sounds like it's been a total ride. So I'm glad we had the chance to kind of talk because we've had a couple of times where we've been able to exchange back and forth on LinkedIn. And I think there's there's a topic that we, we definitely see eye to eye on. And, and I think, unfortunately, there's just really not enough content out there about this topic, you know, and that's the, the, the team portion, really developing that team and uh, to the point where eventually we could, we're able to develop a culture out of that team. Now, I think for a lot of dealerships, though, you know, they look at this and they're still stuck in this superstar culture of, you know, there's, there's those two or three people within the dealership that, you know, sell 40, 50, 60% of the sales. And it's kind of like whatever they say, whatever they want kind of dictates the direction of the dealership, you know, but we know that the power is in the team, not necessarily the individuals. So, you know, for a dealership out there, that's like, Hey, I, I understand. And I want to go that direction. What kind of advice would you typically Culture starts at the top, and and you know culture is is extremely important to me. Anybody that I've spoken to or or led with knows that that's that's a huge part of my strategy, and uh, it's a buzzword right now. And I don't think a lot of people really understand <laughs> what it is. Um, I see all of our LinkedIn hashtag culture hashtag this. Let's how many you know how many calls does it take to book one appointment? I posted something on LinkedIn the other day to see what what kind of responses I would get. Mm -hmm. um, my mentality and my shift is is this. Build your team with the right people. Make them better outside of the dealership so that they're better inside of the dealership. Um, I'm not going to drill home that they need to make 100 calls to book an appointment. I'm going to drill home um, that they can walk into this dealership and know that they can hang their hat and stay a while. Mm -hmm. So that's important to me. Well, I think what it is is right now it's like, and we know this, you know, being in the industry long enough, you, we have these these mountains and valleys of efforts, 
You know, you know what I mean? Like it's like one month a dealership just does really, really well. And it just seems like everything was kind of connecting. Everything was, everybody was jiving well. Customers were happy. Salespeople were happy. Staff was happy. And it just, it, it shows in our profitability, right? And then you get to the next month. And this thing that's called, uh, what I like to call full belly syndrome kind of sets in. And it's like we aren't able to continue to extend those same level of efforts into in, into the next month, and and I and I see I, I find the reason for that is, is is a lack of fire in in someone's belly. You know, how do you go about ensuring that that fire is just always kind of lit within your team's belly? It's a long term strategy. You know, I, I'm living it currently. So uh, September one took over to the store. You know, I had to look at the whole operation and go, okay, where do I start? And, you know, I'm big on what I call APP or app. Um, I've kind of honed the acronym. It's accountability process and people. Let's start with being accountable. And that's myself at the top starting there. I like that. Um, holding myself accountable as, long as, my, as, as well as my team. Um, putting a proper process in place that's going to be held accountable, the process, and then ensuring that we have the people to, to implement it. So, um, you know, we're living that right now. I can tell you my store... Um, we just came off the best month the store's ever had. We hit number one in Western Canada for Hyundai volume. That's never been done here before. That's cool. Um, Congrats. Very cool. Yeah, we, we, the team's super excited. And if you were, if you know our location, it's a challenge. So for us to do it here, we're excited to get our uh, back to the automall. Um, but what I didn't want to happen is us all sit on our uh, our paychecks after that, right? So we mm-hmm. had a good meeting uh, at the start of this month. Say, guys, like let's do it again like maybe not i'm not saying that we have to get number one in western canada again but let's be in that top three part of that conversation again yeah let's put those efforts it's those same efforts right the the results are the results you know they are what they are right it, it is going to be getting colder by the way how cold is it right now not bad <laughs> no it, it hasn't set in yet it's uh it's it's not bad yet <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming <laughs> yeah yeah but we're um so I guess, you know, that fire lit within, it starts with uh, with me managing my expectations of my mm-hmm. managers, um, shifting, you know, kind of what my mentality and culture is about and ensuring that it's being instilled in the team. Um, so we kind of, we were flat footed at the start of the month. Uh, and that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. So, you know, just regrouping, talking to the team about, you know, where we want to be, where we are now and how do we get there. Um, and not really sitting there and going like, this is the process and you have to stick to it. How do we become better? How do we become better people? How do we, how do we, uh, when our customers walk in this door, how do they feel that they can hang their hat and hang out with us for a while? Not just us, right? So all of a sudden, boom, the lights went off. Now we're having to run. We're going to put up 75 cars on an average. They did 50 before. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I think it's ongoing. You got to, you got to, you got to constantly be with your team, sit with them. One thing I did when I took this floor over at my, my office is in the back of the dealership. I moved it straight up to the sales tower. Uh, nobody liked that at the beginning, <laughs> but now it works. <laughs> hang out with everybody and be part of the team. So now how do you, um, I think, cause I think for any team, when I think of a team, right. Um, that it is a, a collective effort of individuals, you know, working towards an ultimate goal and objective. 
Um, what have you guys defined as, you know, I'm sure the goals and objectives will evolve over time for you, but, you know, as of right now, what are those goals and objectives that you have set for your team? Uh, constant improvement. So we want mm-hmm. to, you know, I train weekly on Mondays with the team and we keep going over the same thing we did the week before and until we get it. So, and if we have to do it for six weeks straight, we're going to do it for six weeks straight. It's just going to make us better as soon as we know that skill. Uh, but, you know, our process is, so I spent five years in law enforcement, the car business. Mm-hmm. And I knew that when I started my shift in law enforcement, I had duties. So I knew that I had to do my uh, briefing. I had to find my hotspots, sign into my radio, yep, do, yep. You know, get in my car. Um, so I've kind of said, okay, why can't we do the same thing here? People come into the car business and they sit, totally makes sense. grab their newspaper, they drink their coffee. They don't have a plan, right? They don't have day-to-day duties that, that fill their day um, and you can lose tons of hours, right? So my guys know that they, uh, they we've got a daily game plan uh, sheet that they come in, they sit with their managers, they go over it so that they know what am I going to do? What are the four things I'm going to do to sell a car today? And I don't necessarily think there's culture that that's process. I don't think process defines a culture, mm-hmm. but where culture is in that is the team now knows when they show up the, you know, what we do is we, we look at our, our operation and what we're going to do today to, to be successful. That's the culture part. Not the it, That's what it is. It's the commitment to success. All right. And it's, it's through routine that I think eventually starts to evolve into something else, but it's that activity of consistently doing something towards an ultimate goal and objective it just kind of becomes a culture part right it's just something you guys are doing right now it's an activity you guys are training on that activity of that that daily so tell me kind of about this so this is a worksheet that you you'd find in what did you call it again it was a daily my it's called my game plan daily game okay daily game plan, plan. all right so i like that there's other stores that use you know a, a similar variety of it um, you know, I learn from the best, so I obviously you got to take some ideas from the people that you learn from, um, and it, it works. And I didn't do it because I want to know what you're doing every day. I did it because sure. I want you to have a, a plan. I want you to have uh, something to do when you show up to this dealership. Don't waste your time. You know, we're not here to volunteer. Um, we're all here to be successful and make some money, right? So. So, so kind of walk me through that morning routine because I, I, I'm curious and I think a lot of people probably listen and watch and are too, right? What does it look like? You know, I, I understand that in your experience in law enforcement, there's just, it was that, that routine that helped you prep for your day. Um, and it sounds like that's kind of what you're bringing, you know, to the dealership now is a routine that helps them prep some for, for their efforts for the day. So what does that look like starting in the morning for someone? It was a really cool shift. So it took about... Yeah, it took about a month to get the the team on board, or just make this a habit, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and again, I I don't think that's a process thing. I think that's a culture thing. Finally, they they said, you know, yeah, this actually works, and we're going to buy into the program, and we're going to be a part of this. Um, so the guys come in, and they immediately fill out their you know, their daily game plan. Whether some of them fill it the night before, we'll fill it out. I've got two tanks put together. They find the first manager there, whether that's myself, sales managers, um, and you sit them for quick 15, 20 minutes and you highlight your top five leads, you highlight what you're working on in terms of referrals, repeat customers, mm-hmm. reviews, how many delivers you, delivers you have today, um, and then the three things that you're going to do today to sell a car, 
And, uh, and I think you could shift that to every part of this industry, not just sales. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think the FNI office can have that. I think service advisors can 100% use it as well. I mean, you know, service advisors need to be working on, you know, declined opcodes, you know, so, you know, people that refused, you know, work, how do we get back, how do we get a hold of them, how do we do that? But it's at the end of the day, it's, it's about routine. And you know what, I've, I've had the opportunity to be in a lot of dealerships, and I mean a lot. I travel just an obscene amount, right? And I start to see patterns with dealerships that I feel that are just, and they're running their race and, and they're doing a great job at it. And then there's the ones that are kind of treading water and they're kind of getting by, you know? And then there's ones that are just straight up just drowning in their own misery, right? And, and uh, I, I find the ones that are really kind of up here, there's a consistent um, uh, pattern of routine. Like either knowingly or unknowingly, they did it, but it's just the team seems to have this this element of a routine. I think that's a best the best place for a dealership to start. I think when when a dealership thinks of culture, they get overwhelmed with the idea of what the hell that actually is. You know, it's like they don't know where to start. Like, what's the starting point? And I think yeah. the routine is just a great place for that. Yeah, I I think you know, it, culture is such a buzzword, and, and through understanding of it sometimes bothers me because I think people convolute it and I think they really go in the wrong direction with it. I, I truly believe there's a lot of stores or managers or even just a low level staff that think culture is a process. I believe that for a second. Yep. It's the energy. It's what you instill in your team. It's not, it's not, we're going to, you have to do the worksheet and we're going to desk it with 5k down over 60 months every time. No, it's, that build up and lead up to getting there. Um, so the energy within the store, you know, the, the mm -hmm. commitment that the guy has to getting that deal, the, uh, it's hard to grasp that, that whole culture statement, right? It, it's, it's very hard to grasp and actually truly understand it and implement it well. Oh, I, I think so. it, it is tough, right? Um, and, and I think, you know, culture is more of a byproduct of a lot of our efforts. You know, it's like, it's not something, look, let's, let's say what culture not is real quick, right? Um, you know, you taking your team out for beer and wings one night is not culture. Okay. Let's just, let's just make that clear. That's not culture. Okay. Um, you, um, uh, you know, scrubbing with your team and doing that, doing that kind of that daily morning meeting kind of thing with them, that, that, that's, that's a great effort. It's a great routine. But again, that's not, that, that, that's not culture, right? Um, you know, it, it's, it's the collective efforts of you wanting to, I think, define kind of, you know, why the business does what they do, the way that they do it, you know, to the point where a, a, a individual can now can start making decisions kind of on their own because they know what the ultimate goal and objective is. You know, I, I've seen a couple of examples of this play out, right? You know, um, I have one dealership where the culture is whatever it takes. That's literally what it is. It's whatever it takes, right? Now, 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 this started off as, as as an idea that, you know, that molded into a series of routines, routines molded into a series of processes, and processes, you know, slowly started to develop into more of a cultural understanding of the direction that the business was going in. Um, you know, to the point now where at the individual level, someone can autonomously make a decision on what they need to do based on what the culture of the business is. It is very rare i will tell you right now it's very rare <laughs> but when it does happen it's it's pretty freaking impressive I'm not gonna lie like it's it's pretty damn impressive to watch it you know, actually play out yeah you can watch the shift right and 
it's important. It's a, it's an important step that I think us as high level managers or even low level, you know, low frontline staff need to grasp and understand as we shift this industry. I talk to a lot of people on a day to day basis. I've got a lot of friends in the car business, successful ones, and a big conversation we have. Just was having dinner last night with one. Uh, we have to shift where we are. Um, still think our mentality is so lost in old school thought. And it's not to say that the old school guys, uh, guys aren't doing well, but we're still stuck in the past. We're still stuck in this, you know, these advertising ways of we're going to overpay for your trade. We're not going to overpay for your trade. We're going to always overpay for your trade, right? So we've got to shift. Uh, and I think it's, it, you know, it starts the culture. That's, that's where it starts. We've got to get everybody on board that runs these operations, um, shift the mentality and, and thinking of what the customers think. Of. I still have customers that still think we're dirty salesmen. Um, of course. You know, whether that's parts, service, sales, it doesn't matter. They still have that image. And, you know, I think it's on us to shift that. And it's, that's hugely important to me, kind of shifting where we're going to head with this industry, you know, as it gets more aggressive, as it gets more, comp, you know, competitive. Um, but how do we do that? Is changing that scenic landscape, is, is that's, that's the, how do we get there? Well, change, changing the customer's perception uh, should be a dealership school and objective, but typically it isn't, right? Like it really isn't because it doesn't necessarily um, uh, uh, define out in dollars and pennies. You know, you, you can't break it out into dollars and pennies. But I think too often, you know, we just let the consumer perceive us however they they want to perceive us. We don't spend time. We don't create it, a goal and objective. We don't build a strategy of like, we want, let's say, for example, I want my customers to perceive us as being a fun business. You know, I, I want them to perceive it. Like the, I, the perception is, is that when they come here to buy a car, when they come here to service a car, when they come in to buy parts, whatever, it's going to be fun. Well, okay, that's that, that's cool. That's what you want. Right now, that's probably not what most customers think of when they go to buy a car. But that's where I think the processes can come in, right? Our processes then have to be built around the golden objective, objective of how we want to be perceived as a business. You know, if we want to be perceived as a fun place to buy a car, then how do we change the process to inject a level of entertainment or fun into it? Yep, I agree. It's a, it's a huge task. It's a hard task, but, it, you know, it starts within any one of us. You know, I, I employ my team to have some autonomy and, and, you know, take it upon themselves to get involved and change that, change that thinking of us, with, you know, from the customer's mindset. And even at the store level, I, I posted something on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago as well. I, I had a team member approach me and said that they wanted to quit. And um, so I just got chatted with them, you know, kind of just wanted to understand why. Mm -hmm. And their passion, what they love to do is social work. Uh, it's not the car business. And I can't be mad at him for that. Right? No, I can't not at all. Great, great team member, put up the results, followed the process, bought into the culture. And I said, is that what you want to do? Is that what you love doing? He says, yeah. And I said, is that going to make you better? And he said, absolutely. And I said, then I'm happy for you, man. Because at the end of the day, if I left him, let him leave here and, and thinking I'm mad at him or, or that is not the culture I want to breathe. Mm -hmm. I want to be the best person you can be, whether that's inside this dealership or outside of it. So, you know, if he, and a couple of years says social work's not for me. I'm going to, I'm going to head back into the car business. I hope he calls me because I think, I think leaving with that impression, he will. So, you know, that that's, I want good people here. 
that, that that's a big big part of this is, is good people and you know how you want to be perceived by the consumer even how you know the employees even perceive to look at each other you know um what 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 has been the goal i mean where where, where do you see it being in the next i mean i understand it's it, look it's early right so you're in that beginning stage of let's create the routines and routines will turn into processes actually i loved your three-letter acronym it was accountability process people Yep. APP. Yep. You know, what I love about this industry is that we're in love with three-letter acronyms and four-letter words. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just we just are. I don't know why, but it's just we are. Um, so, have you gotten to that point where you've kind of written down or at least got an idea of where you would like this culture-wise to evolve to? In my head, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how we got it really involved as much as I'd like it to be in this and you know store wide yet no um, we're getting there it's going to take some time you know we've still got in my current situation we've still got the mentality that we're in this really tough location and we're out in our beautiful big building and uh, and the business isn't there but when you really shift the thinking process behind it these guys went from selling 45 cars to 90 last month and the doors weren't busting at the seams it was because they were doing a better job of what they had mm-hmm. in front of them than that than that than what they were doing before and that was just honing in on obviously process and routine. And again, my acronym APP. I talk about APP every single meeting. I have it written on my whiteboard every day. I, I write it if it's erased. I just wrote it again this morning. <laughs> that's that's part of my culture. Like let's hold each other accountable. Let's hold ourselves accountable. Um, then we can follow our process the right way. And um, within that, we'll have the right people here. Because they follow all the, you know, all the parts of the acronym. So, we're that vision that you know how we get there. Are we getting there? Yes. Um, I still got to build that right team, and we've got some key parts to it. I still think we're missing mm-hmm. some in the armor, um, some puzzle pieces that need to be fit fit together that just aren't fitting right. But the feeling is getting better. I can tell you, if if you were here September one and, and now, the shift in the atmosphere, just the temperature and, in the whole building is just. A little you, nicer you, than what was before. <laughs> yeah, you could see. It. I mean, obviously, when when success is happening, every, everybody's humming, right? Everybody's happy, and you could see it store wide. We started to get traction mid month October, and then we started going, and we really started riding the train and doing a great job. And then you saw service and parts pick up on it. You saw my mm-hmm. service, my foreman going, "Man, how are you guys doing?" And all of a sudden, we're getting taught lots of trades. I use my service manager's pumped for his internal going to go through the roof. We're selling a lot more new cars, getting PDIs. He's pumped, right? So that that culture shift that we can do this. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so cool to see that, how it went through the store. And he didn't have to say anything. You, you just watched it. Well, and, and, and I love the way that you kicked it off, right? I mean, um, for anybody out there, routine's the hardest thing, right? Like, um, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to have to create the routine of consistently going to the gym, right? Um, it embracing a routine of any kind, all right, breeds breeds the idea of consistency in us. So then we become more consistent in our efforts. But it all starts with committing to some type of routine. Are there any other routines that you've started to work on within the dealership so far? That's a big one. Um, and that, you know, that daily game plan comes down to accountability, mm-hmm. right? Are, are, are the team members holding each other accountable to that daily game plan? 
are the sales guys pulling it out and holding themselves accountable? Are the managers actually doing going over it with the team? Um, you know, in terms of routine, that's really the big one. I haven't uh, really dove deep into other stuff. Just uh, you know, trying to get the the small stuff figured out from a low level, and then you know, start thinking big picture as we move forward here. I'm curious. You know, um, you know, obviously this it took some time for you to get to this place personally yourself. You know, what did that kind of path of discovery? You know, to understanding the importance of culture in team development for you. How did that happen? Well, you could really, I could rewind it to, you know, um, sports. You know, that team atmosphere, that camaraderie. You know, in the locker room, I could, I could again. I've learned a lot from law enforcement in terms of, you know, routine, process, delivery, holding each other accountable, being there for each other. It's a big part of it. Um, but within the car business, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said, how am I going to be a better person and how am I going to, you know, instill that in the team here? You know, you've got to get, in my opinion, extremely involved in the community. And that's not writing $100,000 checks in the community. That's getting out there and getting involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I would consider myself an introvert. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm in the car business, but, you know, I really take it upon myself to active in the community. And that's just going to events. That's being part of the Chamber of Commerce when I was in, uh, in the Okanagan, that's being part of the Brain Injury Society. And, you know, I think from the whole team perspective, if, ever, if people see that I'm doing that and I bring some guys to these events and, and, and get out there, then, you know, we start to get recognized and then it shifts back to the store and hopefully it performs that way. I don't think money's going to drive that. No. Well, you know what? I, I think that, you know, everybody's a byproduct of their environment. They're, you know, of, of, of what they experienced and what they've consumed and brought them to the place of where they are, right? So uh, I want to go a little deeper into, you know, uh, for you, sports and then also um, law enforcement. When, when you think back to your time, you know, in sports, you know, what were uh, maybe a couple of the biggest takeaways you say from that time spent? These are the lessons that I, that I learned from, from my time in sports. Well, I think with sport, the the key to success is gelling as a team, right? If you don't have that chemistry, you don't have that understanding as a whole, you can't individualize it. And that is no different than the car business. You need the right team in place and everybody's got to be on the same page. You know, service advisors need to know that, you know, any decline work need to be followed up. On. You know, your appointment coordinator's got to be in line with your advisors to ensure that their days are set up. You know, so sports, that, that was huge for me is, understanding that it takes all of us to get there to win that game but it's a holistic effort and that's a big one right you know I, I especially in an industry that I I still think we're stuck in that kind of superstar culture where we think we rely so much so much on just a few key individuals we forget that it's a it's a holistic effort to 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 sell this car to market these cars to service these cars to put parts in these cars it takes everybody as a team to do that. Now, when you were in, in law enforcement, um, where, where were you in law enforcement? Where you are now or somewhere else? Somewhere else, yeah. Okay, cool. When you were in law, when you were in law enforcement, what would you say that the big lesson that you got from being in that environment that you now bring into the automotive space with you? Accountability was huge. Uh, image, I mean, image in the sense that you got to really present yourself well, and that and that the same for the car business. You know, you don't want to present yourself. You don't want to present yourself uh, as untrustworthy and, you know, your first impressions, everything, right? Um, and then, you know, team, again, team environment, but also um, yeah, process and routine. We always had something that we had to do. It was almost like a checkbox. Um, 
and that's kind of shifted my thinking into the car business as well. So that's let's go, let's go go a little farther into what you mean by um, uh, how you present yourself. Um, you've got a, I met with a DP uh, a couple of days ago and uh, he had said something, you know, it's important for people to carry themselves a certain way and look the mm-hmm. part. Oh, you look good, feel good, talk good. You know, you know how people say that. Um, but it's it's not so much how you know how perfect is your tie, how straight it is. It's how do you carry yourself when you walk into a room? Do people do people stand up and go good morning? Do people you know recognize that okay, he's showed up on time. He, he's you know, well pressed. He's got you know um, got a sloppy shirt that's wrinkled and, and untucked. I think that's important. Um, so looking apart is, and that image from from both a customer standpoint and and your team is is key. If I showed up late every day, um, it would instill a culture for the team members to to show up late. If I showed mm-hmm. up, if I showed up in track pants, you know, <laughs> thing, right? So it's kind of that 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 mental mental and physical preparation is really kind of required. Like it's like, you know, for us, it's um, you know, this is this is our stadium. You know, the the showroom is our stadium. This is where we play our game, you know, and, and we need to come to that showroom, you know, shoelaces laced and jersey on and ready to play and put as much as we can out on that field and leave it out there and push our efforts as far as we can and hopefully the results will ultimately come with it, right? Yep. Now, I, I got a question because I get, I get this a lot, right? Um, what do you do? when you have someone that's just not gelling well with the team, but the results are quite high. So <clears throat> I'm a big believer in giving people opportunities, um, probably to a fault. Uh, but <laughs> I think eventually you've got to cut that string. You can have a rock star in your, in your room, but if they're not buying into the culture and, and what you're trying to do, it's down the road going to affect you. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I could have <clears throat> an extreme high performer, but his CSI is terrible because he's not instilling in with the customer the the culture that we have here, or it breaks down and say, well, he's not presenting the car well on delivery. What it is right? So, for me personally, um, and people will probably disagree with this. I <laughs> I would give him an opportunity, but um, I would probably eventually part ways, just simply because. That doesn't build the team and culture that I want. Yeah, and I'm a believer that if I can get you um, by bought into the culture and bought into the program, I can make you that rock star that that person was. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. So then let's talk about that. Let's talk about buy-in, because I, I've gotten again that you know, well, I, I get that comment actually quite a bit. You know, you know, Jason, I got these, I got these ideas. Okay, I'm creating these routines. I got these processes. Okay, um, you know, I got a third of the team over here that are fully bought in. I got another third that are on the fence a little bit, but I'm okay with them because I'm good with it, right? I can, I, can, I can get it over. And I got this third over here that's just like just dragging their feet. It's just you have these different levels of, of buy-in. You know, like how, how do we get everybody to kind of buy into, you know, these routines and processes that are designed to ultimately create this culture within the dealership? That's that's also a long-term strategy. It's, 
that there's no keyword long term, right? Like that's what that's what I'm saying. We have to embrace the fact that this is not this is not something that's going to happen in a 30 day period. You know, no, not something that's going to happen in a 90 day period. I mean, this is something that takes time. Yeah, you've got to be consistent with it too, right? So you can't fall off the wagon, so to speak. So consistency is key. And I think eventually, in time, those those uh, you know those high performers that are, have bought into the program and are consistently doing well, the low hanging fruit guys will see that, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll slowly get to start. It's always that constant roller coaster. I think you've got, like you said, you're never going to have everybody on the same page, but you've got the guys that are up top, and then eventually the guys come back on the roller coaster and they start swinging back to the top with the top. I see it. I I watched it here, and I I only reference this store simply because. We had a huge transition in one month. Like the the volume these guys seen, they couldn't handle. We we you know we got customer complaints unfortunately because of it, but that's part of the process. You know you, you got to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. That was simply because they didn't they didn't anticipate the the volume. So two things. I have a team here when I started here that their their thinking process was we can't do this. We there's no traffic here. There's there's none of the deals. There's four sales guys, five sales guys. We're not making any money. Um, two weeks in, I didn't hear anybody say that anymore. And I remember standing here running a meeting, and I said, I haven't heard anybody say <laughs> you're not busy. Right? You're not selling cars anymore. And that you know, there's nobody that comes here. Like they're doing a great job. That's why. And then, and then with that, I had a performer that was a 10 car guy consistently in the business for about a year he'd never really peaked um and he sold 25 cars holy cow that's good that's a big one for him <laughs> i got buy-in from him right away right and he loves it and he's part of the culture he's part of the team and i'm slowly watching some other people follow in his footsteps um, because he knows he can do it and then all of a sudden he's telling those guys man we can do it right that's what i want, I want that it, it, they're beginning to see the uh, what's in it for me, the Wiffum effect, right? Like the what's in it for me kind of a thing. And and I find that that, that is one of the reasons why we struggle sometimes with, with buy-in. Look, it, the fact you had a great month, that helps. I mean, that's huge, right? But even if you hadn't had that month, you still would have been pushing. Like you, you still would have been pushing the routine. You should, still would have been pushing the commitment to the processes. You know, so it's like how do you – how do you define that what's in it for me for the team? Do you, do you, do you work with the individual or do you, you know, try to define what's in it for the collectiveness? How do you approach that? Both. Like a big thing I say to both my uh, last stores, I, I use the saying, I'm here for you. And I joke, I say, I'm here for you. And uh, as silly it is, it is. I am actually here for them. Um, and so for me being the GM, I don't care. When I'm out in the public, I sell cars. I'm not, yep. I'm a GM. It's not a title thing for me. So, you know, and I think my team recognizes that. So when I go to them and I try and help them with the deal, or I, you know, for example, the other day I sat with one of our new hires and I did some training just uh, just off the cuff, sat with him for an hour. And all of a sudden one guy shows back to the desk. And all of a sudden four guys are at the desk and then six guys are at the desk. And we've got this huddle. And so it tra- transformed from one guy learning to now I've got buy-in. I've got what I wanted. Yeah. Everybody circle around. And it's that's not me. I'm not the perfect. I, I got so much to work on. That's not me. Um, that's just the culture that I want. I want to breed. That mm-hmm. we're all in together. One guy saw one guy learning. Well, I'm going to jump into that, and then another guy, another guy. It's so cool to watch. 
That is that is super cool. Now, now speaking, because you mentioned something about hiring, right? And I think that's because that's another common question that comes up when someone when when I'm talking or working with a dealership and they're trying to develop out their team, you know, ultimately get to the point of culture and stuff like that. Is, is how do you hire? What what are you looking for to hire? I mean, if it's how do you know the person is the right match for the team? I skill set is everybody looks at it. You know, look at a paper resume, but I. I get to know them on, on a personal level, so mm-hmm. so you got to be careful what you ask people in interviews. But nowadays, but uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> really gonna. And again, law enforcement really thought Diana read people, right? So you really gotta understand: is this a good person at the core, and how can I take that and and mold them into a good service advisor or tech or salesperson, right? Um, and I also think you got to look within the company. So we had a we had a um, somebody that was looking to resign here within the company that was currently in a, a, a role here at the store. And I caught wind that they wanted to leave. And um, so I had approached them to ask, you know, kind of what, why do you want to leave? And they said, well, we, I want to, I want to be in sales. So, well, we sell cars. <laughs> right? We sell cars. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, got to know him on a, on a personal basis, what he was about, where he wanted to head, how he wanted to get there. And, you know, he's selling cars for me now. So, uh, the buy-in started there too, because if yep. uh, <laughs> him within the organization is a good thing, uh, um, he's already bought into the company culture. Uh, now I've just got him into a different role, and uh, and we're going to watch him succeed and, and you know have a successful career here, hopefully, and and then that hopefully that'll instill buy-in to everybody else that's here. I think that's really cool that during the hiring process that you really do take some time to understand. Um, uh, that potential employees, why? You know, it's it's like what is motivating them to want to get into sales? You know, I, I look, I, I know there's the default answer, right? Money. Okay, well, that's cool. But what the hell does that money actually represent for you? Does, does it uh, represent you paying off student loans? Does it represent you getting out of mom and dad's basement? Does it represent um, you, you and your girlfriend being able to go buy a home together? Like, what is... It does it represent, you know, your kids getting braces, sending one to university? Like, what does that money physically represent for you as an individual? And I, I find that dealerships are kind of afraid to to ask that kind of question, to really kind of understand, uh, you know, the the motivation for an employee to to do what's their why, right? And, and I and I find the reason for this, and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, is knowledge is scary because once we know something, we're accountable to the fact that we now know that. That makes sense? No. So do you find that kind of, I mean, how, how, do, how do you approach that? I mean, if someone comes to you, you're in the hiring process, and says, you know, look, the, you know, okay, I understand you want to make money. That's cool. All right, what does that money mean to you? You know, well, it means that I can, you know, uh, get married and buy a house, you know, with, with my girlfriend. What do you do with information? So I am um, just looking at my phone here because I, I took a picture of it. I do an exercise with my team. So I did it when I started, I had my first store and I did it at this store. And I, I think it sets the tone. I put on the whiteboard, what motivates you? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I kick it off. And I want to know why, why are you here? Why, why do you spend hundred hour weeks here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, you're going to get money, of course. Yeah, I would I would only expect people to, you know, a lot of the guys that are around the room were women and to say money because we're all greedy. We're all salespeople at heart. 
But There's nothing wrong with that. I just think, what, is, what does the money actually mean for them? Yeah, and, and we shift that. So I went around the room and I got everybody's answers. Everybody was kind of, it was funny. They were playing, like, should I say money? Should I not say money? You know, <laughs> life balance, lots, lots of guys. I want to I wanna be here to take my wife on vacation. I want to buy a condo, sure. you know, all this stuff. So that's, you know, what motivates you is important. And then finally, I, I broke the ice and said, nobody said money. Like, come on, like, you guys are sales guys. Say money. So money, 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 money. And then, then we shifted it. We said, what are you going to do with that money? And mm-hmm. so you work hundred hours and you make all this money, but what are you going to do with it? Um, and then, yeah, you start that thinking process. You know, I like the guys that have a vision, like I want to buy a condo, you know, I like, uh, or the gals, you know, I like, I like the, the, the thought process that are thinking outside the box. I don't necessarily think like what kind of goods can you buy with this money or what kind of, you know, vacations are great, but like, are you going to put this to something practical, something that's going to make you better or better your life? Like buying real estate or something like that, so that's what I look for. And it's like, and then once you know that, like, how, like, obviously now you're accountable for that information. So what yep. do you, what do you do with that information? Well, I think you can use it as a play each and every day. You're working a deal, or uh, you know, you're with an advisor, and uh, you know, hey, is this going to get you closer to that house? You know, or, mm-hmm. you know, go back to this deal and close it. That's going to get you that condo, <laughs> right? So. We, you know, it's a good play to use with the team, and and they, you know they start thinking, yeah, this is, you know, are you going to give up a thousand bucks, or why don't you give up five hundred? Because that difference in percentage of commission is going to get you closer to that company. Well, it keeps them moving, keeps them on their path, keeps them in a direction, and you know, it keeps their goal and objective in front, right? You know, it's just like I just don't think we spend enough time like. It's like the goals and objectives are more for us, and we just assume that our employees will just, well, I mean, I told them what my goal and objective is. Why won't they follow my goal and objective? But if we can't get the ownership of those goals from our employees who are executing on the efforts required for us to meet those goals, then how the hell are we ever going to do it, right? So we have to not only do a good job of communicating our own goals and objectives from a business perspective, but we, we have to, we have to know, we have to embrace our employees goals and objective as well. It's the only way that we'll be able to develop out that person. It's the only way we'll be able to develop out the team and, and continue to get that constant buy-in. Yeah. That's, 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 that's key to moving the needle. I think um, this might sound silly, but with my acronym APP, we sit if when, if we do a meeting, um, I asked the team, are we accountable today? Are you accountable mm-hmm. today? Now you got to ask yourself, start start that within. Um, and then process, we're going to train on the same process each and every week until we get it. So and we're going to hold each other accountable to that. Um, gosh, man, I think we've done a great job of bringing just some some awesome knowledge bombs here today. So, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to jam with me today, Brandon. This this was this was a lot of fun. For everybody out there that's listening or watching to this right now, and love to connect with you and kind of follow along with this journey, this path, and direction that you're heading down. What is the best way for someone to connect with you? I think uh, it would be great to connect on LinkedIn. Uh, more than happy to share my cell phone number and email with. Uh, with folks that uh, we can kind of shift our thinking together and changing the scenic landscape of the car business. Um, and uh, moving forward, hopefully we're going to watch the journey with this store and going mm-hmm. from vacation into our new build and we'll uh, start to get some videos up and it'll be, it'll be cool. That's awesome. I really look forward to it. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Brandon. That was so much fun. Thanks, Jason. Have yourself a great day. See you, man.
We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, have a great day. Thank you.